Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast, your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to the Discerning Gamer Podcast for another week. Whether you're listening to this on an iPhone or an Android or potentially on a holotape installed in a Pip-Boy 3000. We are happy to have you with us once again. Another action-packed week full of news and, and all things wonderful in the world of gaming culture. But as always, I cannot do this alone. So with me is the the ever-immutable DG crew. And in no particular order... We have the PC Gamer, the Prince of Pre-Orders, the Sultan of Steam. Fresh from receiving 15 inches of wood from Ollivander's deep in his Diagon Alley, it's <laughs> Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Uh, JB, how are you, mate? I am fantastic. You're going to have to come back up to some point. <laughs> we, we are firing on all cylinders tonight. Don't you worry. And uh, also with us, we have the gaming chef. He is employee 427, monitoring data and pressing buttons appropriately and without question. It is Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Thank you, Joel. I, every time I do anything, I do it without question. Even when people ask me to do inappropriate things, gets me into a lot of trouble. But hey, that's what life might be about maybe who knows let's find out <laughs> let's find out together steely and finally we've got with us the nintendo queen she's still cleaning up isle Delfino using a device called the flash liquidizer ultra dousing device it's casey c mac mclaughlin welcome to the show c mac thank you joel thank you everyone how are you all going tonight we are fantastic <laughs> we're doing fantastically well it's uh it's a it's been a big week it's been a, a massive week actually Has- uh, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? We've hey, got listen. Uh, we've got big news that's come out about Embracer Group. Now, have you guys heard of Embracer Group? I've uh, never heard of them until a couple of days ago. Well, I'm about to I'm about to acquaint you with them a bit closer. So, Embracer Group has acquired Square Enix Montreal, IDOS, and Crystal Dynamics, and of course several intellectual properties associated with those studios including tomb raider which i'm sure you'd all be familiar with um i know mm. i had a uh, poster of uh, lara croft on my wall as a young teenage man um i haven't really <laughs> yeah, played yeah. any of the later <laughs> tomb raider games of course back then she was made of about five pixels so you know it was uh, <laughs> more like a minecraft uh, rendition of lara croft than anything else but um <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's quite quite massive. So Embracer is is said to be the best kept secret in gaming. They're a massive decentralized collection of entrepreneurs who are thrilled to uh, you know sort of be part of this larger group. Um, so Square Enix America, um, they're they're happy to be uh, jumping on board. Um, so Embracer Group has also acquired a catalog of fifty games, including Tomb Raider, Legacy of Kane. 
Deuce X and Thief uh, as a result of this uh, merger. Um, the acquisition is expected to close as early as July of this year and Embracer Group is taking on debt to finance the deal, but they own so many amazing studios at this point, it's hard to be surprised by the size and scope of their deals. They'll be paying $300 million for this deal and uh, adds a ton of games and studios to their conglomerate. So uh, mm. I think uh, I heard they've got something like 750 intellectual properties that they've acquired through buying all sorts of different studios around the place. So they are absolutely massive. And of course, uh, Crystal Dynamics, who are rumoured to be working on the new Tomb Raider yeah. game uh, and uh, most recently uh, released the Marvel Avengers title, which uh, was a bit of a polarising title. Some people loved it. Some people think it's a absolute pile of shit. Um, I'm, I land probably somewhere in the middle there. Um, bit of a fun one, I reckon. Um, a bit repetitive, mm. but... Uh, Certainly one that I could sit there and uh, play with the kids, and you know they were uh, they were all pretty intrigued with it for a while. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Never played it. I heard the mixed reviews. Um, yeah, but I mean, Marvel's always pretty good, so you can't go wrong with that. But yeah, I heard. I don't know what your experience was like, Joel, but it was a lot of repetitive stuff, a lot of button mashing, and not too much thought into much else. Yeah, just just uh, you know, using Thor's hammer to pound you know robot after robot into the dust. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. The but novelty wore off after a, after it, a while. It did, but it did introduce us to uh, Kamala <coughs> Khan, uh, of course, uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, who's uh, cited to to be in a, a TV show of her own this year on Disney Plus uh, in a few months' time. So, yep. um, yeah, it was uh, good to sort of learn her story and what she's all about uh what do you guys think of this one uh simon and casey well you know what um this it would be interesting to see what happens with the these studios going over to um to embrace a group i don't, I don't know if it's really going to change many outcomes if it's just like an acquisition as acquisitions are That's you know i, I mean say, you yeah. know embrace a group is not really tied to any one company so they can really do whatever they want with these titles now and um, I just hope that they sort of, you know, give guys uh, underneath them a really good amount of time to complete games because, I mean, um, I really loved the very first um, redo of the Tomb Raider series, like the the sort of the, you know, the first iteration of the re... What do you do? What do you call it? What's that? What's what, that? what am I, what am I uh, trying to say here? The, it's almost like a reboot, the, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was a reboot. Yeah, the reboot. There we go. Gosh, that left my mind for a second. I might be having a stroke. Anyway... Um, <laughs> And I really loved that. And then the one after it was a bit, and then the one after it was a bit. So I don't know. Hopefully, just play. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty shocking. It was uh, it was trash on a stick that was prettied up to look good. And uh, I mean, hopefully they push this series now a little bit further with Unreal Engine Five and just uh, given a good amount of time to to bring it to life and and make a bit of a better title out of it. So are we thinking this news is? Too hot to handle, or are we thinking it's emotional damage? <laughs> what do what we reckon? What, what are we voting? Uh, too hot to handle. Too hot to handle. Well, sure, you heard not? it here first. This news is <laughs> too hot to handle. Consensus. Uh, so, uh, Don't even hold on to it. <laughs> obviously, uh, continuing on, uh, Ferg, I'm going to throw over to you uh, for some news regarding 
Microsoft and Bethesda. Yeah, for sure, JB. Um, I think it probably would have been not long after we probably put out last week's podcast. would have been the day after, but essentially Microsoft have come out and they've announced that um, they're going to be having an Xbox and a Bethesda game showcase uh, this year in what they're calling their summer showcase. So it's going to be in June. Um, and I read you their release here, but basically they said, today we're excited to announce that Xbox and Bethesda games showcase will stream on Sunday, June the 12th at 10 a.m. PT, which um, for those who are wondering in australia that's going to be about two o'clock in the morning so oh yeah no definitely an inconvenient an inconvenient time for all of us but sure this is why they record these things we can watch them the next day but basically they're just saying that the show is going to feature amazing titles coming from xbox game studios bethesda and our partners around the world um the showcase will include everything you need to know about the diverse lineup of games coming soon to the xbox ecosystem including upcoming releases to game pass on xbox and pc uh, the showcase will be streamed all over the world and all over on a variety of outlets in 30 different languages and you can choose where you want to tune in from. So it'll be broadcast, YouTube, Twitch, all the even interesting enough TikTok. So all you flossers oh, out God. there can tune in on the TikTok. Um, <laughs> but yeah, really in the absence of E3, this is Microsoft um, and Bethesda basically doing their own thing. So obviously yeah. again this year... A bit disappointing with E3 not going ahead. Um, for those who don't know, the E3 sort of... It was basically the video game expo of the year. It was the major sort of event where all the developers and publishers came to, you know, spruce sprue all their, you know, new games and hardware. Um, it ran pretty much every... I think it started in the mid-90s and went ran every single year until 2019. Obviously, 2020, it was cancelled due to covid Last year, they had a digital-only uh, event, and this year, it was unfortunately cancelled. So They might as well just stop doing it, to be honest. I think well, uh, E3 is bloody dead and buried now. I'm yeah. sure they mentioned that they're going to try for next year for a bigger yeah, and better they have, experience. Yeah. I believe it when I see it. I mean, E3, I think, yeah, you're, you're right, Joel. It's pretty much dead in the water at this point. I mean, yeah. all no these one companies... Wants to, no one wants to go there. <laughs> with, the, with the availability now, I mean, E3 was a really good concept back before the internet because that's the one time a year yeah. you are going to be flooded with new information and exciting information and you know you'd always get things at e3 like console reveals and things like that and now just the way that we're consuming media now it's kind of seems like it's a little bit i don't know just not not really needed anymore i think that um companies will sort of push their content in the way that they want to i mean we saw nintendo start to go in that direction really early on um you know kind of what was it now maybe somewhere around 10 years ago where they decided to start doing these electronic presentations which became nintendo directs that would last all the way through what they've done from up until this point and it's become a phenomenon people are just really into that kind of medium and i think now you see that playstation has followed suit with state of play and i think um, this is just xbox getting on the bandwagon i mean considering xbox is doing a lot of really exciting things now and um i think it's just going to be worth a worth a watch and um a good good little way to sort of keep the dream alive in june yeah for sure no i agree 100 percent. i mean they have come out and said yeah we're going to be back in 2023 but like you said yeah, everyone's doing their own thing and they, it's nearly at a point like it's well we you know we're going to throw our own event we don't need to have this and why would we wait if we've got things to show now so yeah it is sad in a way it was always a bit of a as a a gamer it was always something to look forward to and you'd get to see all the developers spruiking everything and you know getting excited about different things that were coming in the near future but anyway so 
yeah, Microsoft, they're going to do their own thing on, yeah, June the 12th. Um, got a little bit of a list here I'll quickly go through. I mean, since they've announced that there's been all kinds of, you know, everyone's sort of talking online about what are we going to see, what are they going to show off. Um, so I've got a list of a couple of things that I definitely think we're going to see. And then at the end, I've got a couple of things that I'm hopeful we'll get to see. But um, Yum. yeah, as far as things that I definitely think they're going to show off is, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the game Redfall, which um, is a first-person shooter developed by Arcane Studios who um, and published by Bethesda. But Arcane Studios are famous. They've put out, I think it was Prey, the Dishonored series, and uh, a favorite of the podcast in Deathloop. So this is their new <laughs> game that's in, in development. Um, it, it's been slated for a 2020 re- release, but we haven't seen anything since they revealed it last year and they dropped a trailer. So if it's still coming this year, um, this is going to be the time we're going to get to see a bit more. Um, from what we do know, it's it's a game, open world game, first person shooter set in an island town called Redfall, sharing the same name as the title of the game. Um, and after failed scientific experiments, vampires invade the town, players choose among four unique survivors and they slay their enemies, weapons and humans alike. So the trailer looks pretty interesting. Um you know, it's got a pretty cool looking art style. One thing it sort of reminded me of is sort of Fortnite. It's got similar sort of color and the vibes and a sense of humor. Obviously, Fortnite's a third person game, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether they show more more off about that one. So that's that's going to be interesting. You know what I hope hope to see at this Bethesda showcase? I'll give you a hint. Go on. War. War never changes. Just you wait, JB. Keep listening, Mac. Oh, oh. I might might want to see the same You've, things uh, as you. Wet the proverbial whistle uh, with that comment there, uh, Ferg. <laughs> wow. Um, so I just need to. Uh... Hey, listen. Okay, let's, let's proceed. Obviously, behind, besides Redfall, obviously the big one that everyone's hanging out for is Starfield. Um, that's going to be the main event, and they'll probably finish the show with that one. Um, so you know, we've talked about it on the podcast previously, but Starfield's this space exploration RPG game. Um, it's coming out by Bethesda. It's sort of their first new IP in 25 years, which is really exciting. So, um, you know, the showcase is going to go for 90 minutes. So I think they're probably going to spend a good, I'd say, 20, maybe up to 30 minutes on on the Starfield stuff, which is what I'm really hoping for. So it's going to be Todd Howard coming out and talking about the game and all this sort of stuff. And in line with what they did with Fallout 4 back in 2015, it, it was the same thing. We didn't see anything. All of a sudden, at the E3 of that year, we got some gameplay and it came out in November. So I'm I'm pretty confident we're going to see some Starfield gameplay as well as a, a Todd Howard walk and talk, um, giving us a bit more information. So that should be good. Um, as far as things... Oh, sorry, before I move on, obviously, Microsoft, another thing, they're not going to pass up on the opportunity to remind us everyone about how great Game Pass is. So I'm sure they're going to be banging mm-hmm. on about that. Um, Redfall and Starfield... I'm going to only assume they're going to come day one to day pass. So it'll be a bit of uh, your games pass. You son of a bitch. I reckon there'll be a lot of that. <laughs> they'll be uh, spruiking that quite heavily, I think. Um, and if they don't do it before, I think they might also talk about this family pass subscription that's been getting churned through the rumor mill. So we might see that. Some more other things. Obviously, there's a whole stack of existing games that are in, you know, your Elder Scrolls Scrolls Online, Fallout 76, Halo and Infinite. So I'm sure we'll get updates on them. Um, And there's a massive list. Like, 
Microsoft have come out in the past and sort of talked and mentioned and there's rumours of games in development so we could hear anything about any number of games and they would include things such as a Fable reboot, um, a new Forza game, Perfect Dark's been talked about previously but it's gone quiet for a while, Hellblade 2, um, you know, Bethesda apparently rumoured to be working on an Indiana Jones game we might hear about, um, The Other Worlds 2 is an Obsidian game which is in development so I think in 90 minutes it's going to go pretty quick but they got a fair bit of content that I think they'll they'll cover now some things that i'm sort of hoping for i'm i'm really hoping they give us a really good look at starfield um as far as gameplay because like i said we haven't seen anything i think they'll be a bit strategic with how they uh they show it off they tend to sort of show you enough to sort of satisfy you but keep you wondering what's coming next so all we've really seen of uh, Starfield so far has just been some cutscenes, really, isn't it? Yeah, like- and just some art. And they've had sort of a bit of a YouTube series where the developers are sitting around a table talking about different things such as locations and stuff. So I'm hoping we get a good sort of 15 minutes of showing us what's got what's going on. Um, I'm hoping they do something similar to what Hogwarts Legacy did at that Sony State of Play the other week where... They just did a really good job of basically explaining where you fit into the universe, you know, some locations that you'll go, what you're going to be doing, you know, you know, going to classes and stuff like that, what the story is and who your enemies and stuff are. So I don't think it's going to be quite as detailed and revealing as that, but I'm hoping they give us a good chunk, something that we can really stink, sink our teeth into and get excited about. Another one is, I think I talked last week or the week before about Halo Infinite and their Battle Royale mode. I'm hoping that there's some kind of confirmation on that and they... I don't expect us to give them too much more than, I don't know, a quick teaser or something. So that'd be really cool to see. And like you, Joel, I think probably the number one thing that I'd want to see is... (laughs) You beat me to the punch. And that's something that's been talked about. Um, They obviously aren't developing it or working on it yet, but there's been some kind of conversations being had of a Fallout New Vegas 2 game that could potentially come at some work at some point so i think the icing on the cake outside of some really good starfield gameplay footage would be just a just something like that something where you get the big obsidian banner and they just sort of they just tease us but more or less confirm that a fallout 2 uh sorry yeah fallout new vegas 2 game is on the way so not we'll a see. fallout not a fallout 5 no i i well bethesda did the Fallout, what, 3-4, Obsidian did New Vegas. So I reckon Obsidian would probably stick to a, a New Vegas thing. And that game, I think, for fuck, a long... Fuck me, that game was as broken as uh, oh, yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 when that uh, when New <laughs> Vegas 1 came out. Even now, if you play it on PC, you still get card crashes and stuff. But for a long time, Fallout 3 was my favourite, but now I think I'm leaning towards Fallout New Vegas as, as my favourite Fallout game of all time. So... Any kind of tease or a confirmation of Fallout New Vegas 2 in the pipeline would be icing on the cake, but we don't have to wait too long for that one. That's the 12th of the next month, and we'll see what um, Microsoft and Bethesda and all their game studios have been working on. Well, you heard it here first. Microsoft and Bethesda's summer showcase is too hot to (laughs) handle. Uh, so uh, we're going to uh, we're going to throw over to uh, to CMAC here um, for some a uh, bit of a bit of a review, bit of a bit of a first impressions look at uh, the new Switch Sports. So hey, listen, over to you, CMAC. Thank you. Yeah, kind kind of a review. We haven't played a ridiculous amount, but um, 
Yeah, Switch Sports came out on the 29th of April, so last Friday, I think it was. Um, yeah, and there's a, there's a couple games on there from Wii Sports. So, you know, your tennis, your bowling, and um, this new, and they've got this one called Shambara, which is a sword play game, which apparently has actually been shown in Wii Sports Resort, which I never played. I never played Wii Sports either. And some new three new sports, which are football, volleyball, and badminton. So Simon and I played it that night. We played badminton. Well, we played everything but the football because we were too tired to play the to stand up. And it just looks janky as anything. The Does football it? looks kind of like a really slow Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> looks like Rocket League for your granddad. It's just not... did, you, did you play a bit of it? <laughs> no, I've just looked at it and I kind of go, oh, not for me. Yeah, so. I, I just said to him, no, we aren't playing. We're not going to stand up tonight. So you just, you just said something like a... No, God! <laughs> <laughs> no, please, no! 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 You know what? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I didn't mind it. Simon was a big Wii Sports fan. I never had a Wii, so I can't really comment on it. So I don't have that nostalgia like he does. But, you know, I, I enjoyed it. My favourite was the badminton. It was, it was quite responsive with the Joy-Cons. And um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's more of Simon's shtick, the whole Wii Sports. I think it's fun if you've got a bunch of people over and you're drinking a lot. <laughs> The, yeah, the amount sure. of the amount of people that that injured themselves playing Wii oh. Sports when when the Nintendo Wii first launched, they, they actually had a a phrase for it. They called it Wiiitis, uh, where you know had people had you know tennis elbow, <laughs> busted ankles. You know, they Are you were kidding? no, I'm dead set. Um, so yeah, people were, were suffering from Wiiitis when they were when they were first. Playing well, at least the they're original. exercising, I guess. Well, you know, that's one thing. <laughs> exercising slash throwing their controller through the front of their TV screen. Um, yeah, that was the other uh, good thing with Wii Sports, all the broken carnage of these nunchuck Wii remotes flying across and smashing windows. Wow. And your, t- your, TV's, with, your, uh, your TV's still in one piece, guys. Yeah, apparently they're still going with the Joy-Cons because I looked over at Simon and I said... Jesus, you've, you've really tightened that wrist. Strap. I don't want to let those Joy Cons go. <laughs> but they're uh, going to go anyway. They're already fragile enough. I already have to deal with Joy Con drift every day of the week. I'm not. I'm not going to be throwing them anywhere anytime soon. It, bloody Simon does up the 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 strap like like it's a bloody cock ring. His whole hand just goes <laughs> goes blue. <laughs> I, don't I, w- know that, I wouldn't know yes. JB, but I sure. That, I don't know if that gives you an advantage. <laughs> I don't know why you know that, but that's, that's fine. The things that Joel knows about me. Hey, Simon. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Just anyway, anyway, apparently, um, yeah, apparently golf is meant to be announced as well um, later in the year. So, which I'm, I'm, I don't know. Simon says it's boring, but I think I'm actually keen. I don't know. Maybe the golf would be fun. Yeah, but, but I, all I want to do is play the badminton. That's my the fun yeah. bowling I don't know yeah it's fun I think it'd be fun with a group of people like I said I don't I wouldn't just pick it up and play it like a like a nightly game you know what's good is that the online on actually works pretty good too I mean yeah. online is the main sort of single player mode that you can play and it earns rewards and stuff like that it's really fun yeah like I think there's a lot it. of movement with it like a lot of um progression lots of adding of games and it's funny when I went and bought it at um EB the other day the guy was like oh did you want to pre-order the accessories pack 
bow, bow. and I was like, oh, what, uh, no, what's that? And he goes, oh, oh, like no one's ever asked him what the accessories pack is. And he goes, it's just like the Wii accessories pack. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I said, no, that's all right, because I had a screaming kid. And then I went and had a look at it, and it's just like just plastic rubbish. Just plastic junk for your shit. house. Junk for your house that you're never going to use. Yeah. And why do you want it? Yeah. It's mm. plastic crap. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, don't don't bother with all that stuff. Just uh, stick with the uh, the Rego controller. You'll you'll love it. Yep. You'll bloody love yeah. it. Mm. So uh, yeah. we're going to throw over to to Simo next, um, uh, talking about uh, Nintendo and uh, some some allegations, some some alleged yeah. mistreatment of employees, and and just on that, you know. Um, yeah, you know, here's a, a little message from the CEO of Nintendo uh, himself. Uh, here's some some audio that we were able to capture with the uh, the DG Crew microphones earlier today. Greetings and welcome. I want to play a game. Yeah. Uh, so just just some interesting thoughts <laughs> yeah, there oh, from okay. uh, from yeah. the Nintendo uh, CEO. Wow. Uh, you know, he's obviously yeah. uh, a, a really nice nice dude, and uh, you oh, know. That uh, was... So, I'll yeah. tell you what, Joel, if I didn't, if, look, if, uh, yeah, if there wasn't a, an award for that, that would be gag of the year. Full stop. Yeah, it's really good. Wow. Well, you heard it here first. Gag of the year. That uh, gag was too hot, too hot wow. to handle. Yeah, good one. Hot All fingers. right, cool. No, yeah, that's re- really good. I'm so, yep, good. Uh, anyway, um, I'm guessing, uh, I don't know if the rest of you have seen this. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? No. You heard about this? This is disappointing. This is uh, this is uh, this saddens me to actually be talking about this because, um, you know, I adore Nintendo, and I mean, this is something that these kinds of stories are popping up more and more and more within the gaming community, and it is disappointing, and it's sad, and I hate it, and I just hate it, and I hate talking about it, but I figured that it was something that we really just need to sort of touch on because it's not right and something needs to be done about it. And I think it needs to be addressed relatively quickly. So I think the more people that are are bringing it up and talking about it, the more that we can kind of go, Hey, this is not okay. You know, everything that happened with Activision, it's not okay. Everything that's happened with, um, you know, who else is mistreating people? Probably a lot of people, but this is just not all right. So, um, as we were talking about, Nintendo of America has come under fire the past week for a number of cases of mistreatment of employees, um, past employees and present, where in the uh, Nintendo of America headquarters, there are actually two separate buildings. So there's one with red card holders who are full-time employees with a list of incredible benefits to the company. Um, and then there's another building with uh, blue card employees who are contractors working on games that have no benefits, are work to the bone, and much like how we are playing our games on Nintendo Switch, they are trying to work on outdated hardware. Um, Some some reporting they are still using Windows XP to do work. And employees have also had no access to data on games and have had to look up wikis about the characters that they are trying to localize into English, which is pathetic. And apparently they are still utilizing VHS in that building as well. 
This is not year seven at Millicent High School. Last day of term. We are not pulling out the VHS of Shrek to watch together. This is just not good enough. How, as a company that at the moment is arguably doing the best they have ever done, arguably. I don't, I don't believe this. Arguably doing the best they have ever done. This is not okay. Um, Windows XP. Windows XP. I'm. I, Even you- I shit you not. And this is the thing that um, frustrates me about this is that um, it just feels like things like this are being said and being brought up, but I, I've yet to see any concrete sort of action being taken towards it in the news. I think it's been brought up and there's obviously some way that they're trying to figure out how to you know, reconcile all these issues that have been happening. But a lot of these employees have been coming out saying, you know, we did it all the stuff that we did because we love Nintendo and we did it for passion, but we didn't realize that we were being so poorly mistreated until we left. And there's a really this a mentality that there are so many people lining up outside the door to want to work at Nintendo that any one of those people are basically replaceable at any moment. If they don't like the fact that they're getting treated like crap, they can just be kicked out and somebody else be brought in. And that's just sad. I mean, this is a company that is built on putting smiles on people's faces and we are just seeing something so really utterly devastating happening to our community and to the community of people that bring us things that we love. And I just think that's that's really sad and it's disappointing. And um, this is something that Reggie Fizamay came out and said um, recently, saying that this is not the Nintendo that I left. And I think that's... So a- Reggie is... Who those who don't know? For those that don't know who Reggie Fieser may are, and if you, you don't know who he is, you're sleeping under a rock. But he was the um, ex president of Nintendo America um, and ex president of GameStop as well. And um, I mean, we're all so sort of you know, I, I guess it's iconic his involvement in Nintendo for the time that he was a part of the company, his involvement with working together so closely with Satoru Iwata and everything that they achieved apart from the Wii U, um, is, you know, is it's monumental. And for him to come out and say that, it makes you wonder what's happened since he's gone. It makes you wonder if it's just him kind of saying, hey, I didn't know about it, which is kind of hard to believe if it was still going on when he was there. And just, yeah, it's deeply saddening. And we just had to talk about it. And that's all I had to say about it. But yeah, anyway, that's, that's um, <clears throat> sink your whiskeys into that one. Well, the discerning gamer reached out to Nintendo of America for comment on uh, the mistreatment of employees, and this is what they had to say earlier today. Uh, and end quote. Um, so, uh, yeah, you heard it here first. That news is uh, too hot. Too hot to handle. They, they are disappointing when all those sort of reports surface because, like you said, Simon, you know, a lot of these people that end up working at these places are passionate Nintendo people and it's not like you, if you don't like working there you can go down the street and work for someone else and work on nintendo games you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. it's disappointing that a lot of people work in these companies and you know there's been heaps of examples in the last sort of couple of years you know activision blizzard and stuff like that of people that are just putting up with being treated poorly because they're passionate about what they do for their work and they don't really have Honestly, any other options i can't and, get i can't get over the xp yeah like even well, i had windows 7 when it, I was younger. That's it. Oh, I, I mean, it, it explains a lot, you know, why uh, the new Breath of the Wild game has been delayed. They're uh, working on Microsoft Vista. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Microsoft Vista. 
It's too hot to handle. Too hot to handle. <laughs> oh, oh mate. that is shit, just man. that is just so so out there. It's it's probably true. So shifting gears now, uh, we're gonna we're gonna move over to our uh, weekly novelty segment. And this week we're gonna have a look at the weirdest games we have ever played. So, uh, well, the the music that you're hearing now isn't isn't one of those uh, said games, but uh, that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this one off, and uh, the the first the first game that I I want to talk about is uh, a game that came out on the the original NES, and I'm pretty sure it came out on Game Boy as well. And the game is A Boy and His Blob: Trouble on Blobolonia. That's just a little weird. Now, have you guys have you guys ever played this game? Do you know the no. the game that I'm talking about? I know the game you're talking about, about, but I haven't played it. Yeah, I have heard. So it. let let me let me set the stage for you. So, a boy and his blob is a is a puzzle platform <laughs> game. The plot involves a young boy and his alien blob friend Blobbert uh, on a quest <laughs> to save the latter's home planet of Blobolonia, which has been taken over by an evil emperor. Of course, who else? Uh, who only allows his subject a diet of sweets. Uh, the boy and Blobbert must traverse the subways and caves beneath the earth and gain the necessary items before travelling to Blobolonia and defeating the Emperor. So they must evade dangerous obstacles like falling rocks, stalactites and stalagmites, as well as deadly snake enemies. Uh, a boy and his blob is not a side-scrolling game, but presents the player with a series of interconnected screens. So... You walk off the off the right hand side of the screen, and then you you get a new screen, so it doesn't sort of follow with you. Um, and uh, the player controlled boy is limited to running left or right. The player cannot jump or swim, and if the boy falls too long a distance, he dies on impact, which is fairly standard for humanity in general. Sounds pretty realistic. Yeah. Mm. So uh, science. Though the player directly controls the boy, Blobbert is controlled by the computer AI and the player must rely on the shape-shifting blob to cross gaps, reach higher platforms and overcome the obstacles and enemies. Blobbert can change into several different tools when the player feeds him different flavoured jelly beans. So, for example, a licorice jelly bean will turn Blobbert into a ladder, allowing the player to climb up or down. Uh, while an apple jelly bean will turn him into a car jack, uh, allowing him to jack up items. Um, I nearly said jack off items. Then, uh, no, that would uh, that would be a very different jelly bean uh, that you'd need to feed him. Uh, uh, whistling at Blobbert causes him to revert to his original shape and continue following the boy. The player is encouraged to experiment with the jelly beans and their various effects to navigate the puzzling game world. So, uh, yeah, have any of you guys played this one? I haven't, but I'm just looking up now, just on the wiki page, and it's been re-released on a lot of different platforms, so <clears throat> including the, the Nintendo Switch in twenty end of last year. So, one of the most frustrating games you've ever you're ever likely to play. Yeah. You're only finishing this game by reading a walkthrough. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I can tell you right now. There's one uh, point in the game. There's a jelly bean that you can throw that causes Blobbit to teleport to wherever the bean lands. And there's one section where there's like a boiling cauldron. You need to throw a teleport bean into the cauldron where Blobbit appears at the bottom 
and then you feed him a, a jelly bean, like a mint jelly bean, to turn him into ice, which freezes the cauldron over so you can walk over the top. I spent days stuck on mm. that level, not having any idea what to do. And then uh, I think at the time, the, the hyper magazine Hints, Cheats and Play Guide came out and it, it had written you know, yeah. there, oh yeah, this is how you, you beat that section. And uh, it was only then that I was able to oh, actually man. finish the game. I remember those magazines. What a pain in the ass! But for some <laughs> reason, utterly engaging. Mm. Um, as soon as you said that you don't have any control over this blob, and it's basically following you around. I was yeah. just sort of that sounds like a recipe for disaster when you're trying to get through a, a puzzle game, and you're sort of relying on the uh, the AI of this blob to make its way through the best it can. But and as you can appreciate, the the AI uh, in the Nintendo, yeah. in the end. No, this isn't Super. Oh, Nintendo. before this sorry, we're going way back. This is NES. So uh, oh my god, the uh, the AI level of uh, programming in the NES era was. Uh, not not great. Definitely left a lot to be desired. So, uh, boy and his blob. Well, that was some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> Came out in 1989. Well, there you go. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of you were probably not even born in uh, 1989, I'd imagine. No, I was still, as uh, you so colourfully put many times, Joel, uh, swimming around in my dad's ball bag. So, (laughs) fantastic! Well, what a uh, what a great place to be. (laughs) All right, over to you, Ferg. Ferg, what is your? uh... Yes, of course, Uh, and that's the most important thing that Taylor Swift was uh, was alive. She was born then. Weird. Buddy, you're weird. <laughs> Over to you, Ferg. What was your weirdest game ever played? Yeah, so one recently, actually, a game which you may or may not have heard of called "I Love You, Colonel Sanders," a finger That's just li- a little weird, <laughs> a finger licking dating sim, which. Uh, Oh my god! Well, that's a lovely comparison to to you know make to dating. You know, yeah. a finger licking dating sim. <laughs> you gotta you gotta get those KFC uh, you know marketing lines in there. Why not use it in the title? Oh, I mean, fucking hell! <laughs> they surely they must have known the uh, the double entendre with the licking one's fingers and and dating. Uh, I'm sure they did, but he. he- <laughs> Here we go. Let me br- let me give you a bit of a insight into this All right, wacky and wonderful weird game. Let's go. Hey, listen. So from the Steam page, um, this is what the description is. From the same people who bought you a bucket of chicken comes the world's first Colonel Sanders dating simulator. I love you, Colonel Sanders. A, fi- a finger-licking good dating simulator follows you, a promising culinary student, as you try to date your classmate, Colonel Sanders. Throughout your journey, you'll be faced with life-changing decisions that will affect your chance of friendship and love. But be careful. Your choices have real consequences with real animated characters' feelings at stake. Do you have what it takes to survive culinary school? Will Colonel Sanders choose you to be his business partner or maybe even something much more? Oh my God. Find out in the most finger-licking good dating simulator ever created, a game that KFC actually made. It features nine lovable characters, multiple hours of playthrough, dateable Colonel, Colonel Sanders, a secret ending, shh, secret recipes, cooking battles, battle battles, earn a degree from a fictional culinary school, 11 herbs <laughs> and spices, cute miniature food, officially created by KFC. No, really. So, 
this is a game that was released back in 2000 and, no, 2019, this actually. This is a game that you played. Oh, yeah. I played and loved. This game was released in 2019 as a free game for PC developed by oh, a developer called Psyop um, and endorsed by KFC. So I'd descri- describe it as a probably a parody of Japanese dating simulators and a sort of a novel game where you, you do a lot of reading, you choose the responses and there's multiple storylines and endings. Um, so in the game, you en- enroll in this cooking class alongside a much younger and skinnier Colonel Sanders and you're basically trying to win his heart through your cooking expertise and clever dialogue. Yeah, obviously, this was a marketing campaign, but as far as a game, it's actually quite well thought out and interesting and there's actually some substance to it and it has a really good art style but you know it's got all the classic jrpg anime type tropes you know you have a rival there's turn-based boss battles um some other things worth noting you have a a cool teacher who's a dog called sprinkles but want to be referred to as professor dog um you battle a spork monster which is some kind of monster made out of a spork um and littered throughout the game yeah that's it littered throughout the game is just they're just reeling off KFC like menu items. So, you know, in the, I think in the very first scene you wake up and you're hungry, so you eat what is what they have at KFC. Not in Australia, but they're called biscuits, which is essentially like a scone. And then, you know, at some point you're making potato mash and then coleslaw and all this sort of stuff. And and I had a, I had a quick look through some of the screenshots on Steam. Yeah. And uh, every one of the women in the game has unbelievably large breasts for... Uh, you know, for some oh, yeah. reason, wow. you know, as as is typical in an anime dating simulator type uh, type game. So I don't remember that, Joe. I think I was a bit bamboozled by the uh, the marketing. I think maybe you were focusing more on the kernel, yeah, yeah, trying to woo the kernel. But you weren't anyway, having a look at the ladies' zingers, were you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's it. I was looking at uh, Colonel Sanders' hot rod, spicy, crispy chicken strips. Were you? You weren't looking Turn at them. <laughs> Anyway, it, it's it's on Steam and it's free, so it's worth having a look. It's actually, um, yeah, it's a very short game. It only goes for about an hour, depending on how many times you want to play hey, through it. it multiple hours, though. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. <laughs> oh, you know, your first playthrough might take an hour, but if you want to go back and, I don't know, see where all the different story arcs go, sure, plenty of hours to be had. I mean, how many hours do we really want to spend trying to date Colonel Sanders, uh, <laughs> really? I mean... <laughs> Do you think weird. Colonel Sanders is just Buddy, sitting in his... You're weird. <laughs> you think he's just sitting in in the afterlife or in his grave and he's just going, I say, I say, boy. <laughs> like, that's what he's saying. saying <laughs> that's weird. Fergus Hamilton's trying to get his leg over me. No, God. No, God, please, no. 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 <laughs> Like I said, it's free on Steam. Go and check it out and see you go wooing Colonel Sanders. See what you well, think. you heard it first, uh, direct from the Sultan of Steam himself. Uh, this is, uh, oh, geez, what is it? I love you, I love Colonel, Colonel Sanders. Sanders. Uh, a finger-licking good dating simulator. So uh, get across it. Let us know. Uh, yeah, let us know if you if you have played it and what you think. We would love to hear that um, from from all of you. No. God! No, God, please, no! 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 
longest soundbite ever. <laughs> Simon, what yeah. uh, what would you like to to bring to the table in uh, the weirdest game you've ever played? This is going to blow your mind to pieces. Uh, it's a game called Kukiomi. Or well, that was some weird cons- shit. <laughs> <laughs> or it's uh, consider it in English. Um, this That's just is... a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all the sound bites, JB. I love extra ones. Uh, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, it's... brother. <laughs> Thank you, my man. Um, this is a game that's on Switch. It's and look, I'm going to tell you the entire premise for the entire game right now. <laughs> it's a game where you decide whether or not to be considerate. Um, so that's it. Pop in. You can either consider it by yourself, or you can consider it with together, which means two player. Mm. And you go into this game, and it gives you these tiny little micro scenarios kind of like warrior where where for people that don't want to have a brain aneurysm while they're playing and so he gives you these tiny little scenarios for example you could be sitting on the train and it will have you sitting on the train and then somebody like two people standing and they've got a writing across their head that says together and then you've got to choose whether you want to be considerate and move to the side so they can sit together or be a dick and just sit in the middle and be a wanker. So um, what, are the, what are the consequences of, of uh, being considerate or being an arsehole? There is nothing. This game literally does not punish you in any way. The difference being that if you are not considerate by the end of, I think, 10 rounds of um, small micro scenarios, it will tell you how considerate you've been. As, so, so Simon, Simon, for example, that's your that's, thought, that's your rating. It's funny because Simon was playing some of it just before the podcast, and I was watching. There's like a scenario that's just some dom- dominoes, and you're a domino, and the dominoes are falling, and you have to be considerate and fall with the domino, or well, stay up, or stay upright. There's one, yeah. <laughs> There's one where you, there's all these people sitting on a beach and they're doing a Mexican wave and you can either be considerate and join in on the Mexican wave or you can be a dick and just stay there or jump up when you're not meant to. There's another one where Santa walks in the room and you're a kid who's sitting up in his bed and Santa walks in and then you choose to either lay down and pretend like you've not seen him so he can deliver presents or you've got to sit up and watch him. It's just so weird. It's so weird. But it's it's like weirdly addictive No, too. it's not. We tried to play it about a year ago. We, yeah. This is rubbish and we stopped playing. <laughs> but when I was playing it then, I was like, oh, yeah. I like this. You know, there's one where you're standing on an escalator and it just says you're in Tokyo. And and then it's just like there's two people standing um, abreast on an escalator and then you've got to choose whether you want to go to one side or the other. To let them walk past. Oh, my God. And so it it plays out a bit like a pop quiz. You you do 30 scenarios and it goes, look, Simo, you've played the game. We've crunched the numbers. You're considerate. You're not very considerate. And that's it. And the first... My first 10 that I got tonight when I, had, when I fired it up just to reminisce about what the game was, um, I was simply considerate. 
Oh wow. Yeah. And then for the rest of the game, I was moderately considerate because I kept fucking up. <laughs> what pay, a, what a time. for that? I think it was about three bucks. Too much. It was a very <laughs> cheap game. Very cheap game. We were looking for co-op games, and um, little did I know that this one would be so <laughs> strange. But there you go. Consider well, it. Or- Cookie Yummy. Weird. Kiyomi. Buddy, <laughs> you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. Oh well, <laughs> might have to uh, check that one out. Maybe I, I don't know. Uh, check it out. It's, it's a blast. Best it's best three dollars ever spent. I reckon. Best three dollars you'll ever spend in your life. So, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Casey, uh, what have you got for um, us? Uh, I, I had a little look at the one that you've suggested here, and uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear your take on it. So uh, it's right up your alley, JB. Yeah, I um, bought this game on Steam a couple of years ago now. We've been out four or five years ago by Re- Pinnacle Games. Was it, it was a pre-order? Released in 2000. It wasn't pre-order, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, released in 2015. Um, yeah, so it's about a detective. It's an 8-bit um, style game and it's about a detective um, who is in an investigation to find the party hard killer. So it's Inspector John West is in charge of these killings and there are a series of murders strung across the US during the autumn break of the year 2000, exclusively taking place in and around house parties. So rooftop parties, cruise parties, you name it, this guy was there stabbing his way through the crowds. So, and and they asked what his motive was and the motive was, serial killer just wanted some peace and quiet so pretty much every night at three o'clock in the morning this guy with this little eight-bit character goes around to parties and the aim of the game is to murder everyone so stealthily that no one suspects you so i don't know why i came across this game on steam one day i think i was just looking for something i think we were doing some twitch streaming and yeah. i was looking for something sort of fun to to stream that wasn't you know that was very active and it was you know what really fun weird super strange and odd but pretty much go around stealthily oh my god i can't say that it's that's just a little weird <laughs> It is weird. Stealthily killing people with your knife, but you've got other creative ways. So you can activate barbecues to blow up. You can rig golf carts to run people over. You can poison drinks. You can blow up speakers and hide people in dumpsters. And if anyone sees you or sees a body, they call the police. So then the police come and you can either sort of try and run away or um, you can outrun the police or you can hide. And, yeah, the whole premise is just to pretty much stealthily kill everyone at the entire party. And they've got sort of the d- detective that comes in and out and does his little voiceovers here and there. But, yeah, sounds, the more... Sounds a bit like a mix between Hitman, Hitman and yeah. Among Us. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Getting I haven't played some, those, no. Some Hitman vibes. That's a really... That, I really like that as a comparison, JB. Yeah. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. Maybe I like... Maybe I should play that. <laughs> I mean, in Among Us, really you're enjoyed- on a you're on a spaceship, and you've got a bunch of crewmates, and then one of them, or sometimes up to three of them, are what's called the imposter, and the imposters are going to go around and kill all the cu- all the crewmates as stealthily as possible, yeah, and, then, right. and then try and pin it on, you know, someone else, and uh, if they get found out, that everyone holds a vote, and then vote for who they think the imposter is, 
and then whoever gets voted for gets thrown out the airlock and killed. And, uh, you know, right. so you've got to try and divert the blame onto, onto the crewmates as much as possible so that, um, you know, they're, they're the ones getting thrown out the airlock and the imposter goes around sabotaging the, the spaceship and trying to, to divert people's attention away while they're, they're stealthily going around killing everyone. So, mm. Yeah, that then... sounds like something I'd like. Because I actually really enjoyed this game, as weird as it was, because it, it, it's funny because it's such a retro, it's got... It, it looks like such an old-fashioned game, but it's it's not that old. And it's got the coolest sort of disco music. You know, if you end up successfully killing everyone in the party, you're, you're, you as the serial killer, it just suddenly becomes a disco ball, the whole screen, and you dance. And then it moves on to the next to the next party and it becomes more hard every time you go. And I like how there's like little stories happening throughout the game. So, you know, there's a couple who decides they want to go fight in the kitchen or a couple who decides they want to go make out in the bathroom. Mm. And um, you can, you have to, you know, really take your time and follow them. But yeah, you watch these really weird stories like people go out and do drug deals in the backyard. Like, it's just an eight bit game, but it's got so much personality and, yeah, it's just it's really strange but really fun little game. Yeah. It's a weird premise for a game, isn't it? But, you mm. know, it works so well. And apparently there's a Party Hard 2 that's come out since I played this one. So, you know, maybe I'll jump on that. But, yeah, yeah that's that's my weird, strange game. You always wonder how they get to that sort of conclusion. To, it's it's nearly like they're like, oh, we, we're going to make this really good stealth game and they come up with this and it's really awesome. And they're like, well, hang on, what's this guy's motive? And they're just like, oh... Look, the neighbours have been a bit loud and he just wants a bit of peace and quiet, so he kills them all. And then at that point, you're sort of like, well, if you did that, then what are you doing? It's like, oh, we'll just make him dance on the dance floor. We'll just make him dance, yeah. No, he doesn't have any motive. But it's actually a really difficult game. I never even finished it because it was too too hard. I couldn't. It was party hard. On the description on Steam, they talk about uh, there's 19 unique levels with random variations on each one. You use traps, mm. cause explosions, become a ninja. There's multiple yep. unlockable characters, local co-op multiplayer. So I don't, I don't, does that mean that you're you know, going around killing people with another person or is it like... Are you working I don't think at? I played the multiplayer. We did do a did little we? bit of multiplayer, but it was a bit hard to play on one keyboard. But we, yeah, we did a little bit of multiplayer, and yeah, you both kind of oh, go through and kill people together. But it gets a little bit harder because you have to kind of coordinate getting <laughs> to p- certain people and hiding them away. And um, yeah, it's yeah, more fun it playing a solo solo killer, right? And you can kill each other as well, which is really weird in the co-op too. I, I remember being able to accidentally stab one another and then all of a sudden you're kind of left to finish a level by yourself. You can't come back from that. So, yeah, I think it really does lend itself to being a single-player game a little bit more. But I do remember the different different unlockables now that John said it. Yeah. Yeah, which was yeah. fun because they have different abilities. Can't, yeah. But, yeah, I, I definitely would look into number two. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon if you've never played the Hitman games, Casey, just listening to how you're describing it, <clears throat> Very similar. Yeah. The Hitman series, I mean, there's heaps of those games that have been around for ages, but they're some pretty good fun. Um, similar thing, you're just sort of infiltrating a base and you take picking people off one by one in order to get to a target and using disguises that, and hiding in different about. places. So, yeah. Maybe. It's, and it's funny because the um, Party Hard has actually become, it's an app now, and I'm just looking and so is Hitman. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's fantastic. Done. 
Well, just shifting gears off of uh, Party Hard uh, again, Ferg and I were also talking about a couple of other games. Now, he he brought up this game um, that came out, I think it was on Xbox, uh, known as Red Card that's, in Europe. That's the one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was an Xbox exclusive, that one. So take us through Red Card, Ferg. What, uh, what is the idea behind Red Card? That's just a little weird. <laughs> it's it's not that it's a it's a weird game. There's a few things which make it weird, but Red Card Soccer was it was basically a soccer game. Um, but there's essentially no rules, so you're playing soccer, but you can't get <laughs> sent off for slide tackling people. So you end up playing a game of soccer where you can you know slide tackle people, headbutt them, elbow them in the face, and do all this stuff as well. You're playing while you're playing soccer. And probably the thing that makes it a bit weird is that the actual cover of the game always used to crack me up because there's a guy who's basically squirrel gripping another player on the cover of the uh, of the actual game, which is which is hilarious. So for those who uh, for those out there who may not know, Ferg, what what is the squirrel grip? Oh boy, how do I describe the squirrel grip? Um, <clears throat> It's basically just, <laughs> it's basically just <laughs> grabbing the uh, the balls and shaft of someone and gripping yes. them as hard as you can, and that's what graces the cover of this game. And what makes it funnier is is Vinnie Jones is on the cover. So, red card soccer, no red cards. You basically headbutt people, punch them in the face while you're playing soccer. And the other thing that used to crack me up as well is there was like a um, I don't know if it was it was called a world conquest mode where you basically played against a whole stack of different teams on all of the continents um of the world and you're basically beating them all in order to unlock the finals mode which was essentially a world cup and it it just just thinking about now used to crack me up you used to go to antarctica and play a group of penguins and so you'd play a penguin soccer team and at the same time, you were like headbutting penguins, slide tackling them, and trying to win a game of soccer. And it was just the most ridiculous, but like. Well, that was some weird <laughs> shit. It was just so much fun. It was actually a really fun game, but it was just the more I think about it, I'm like, that's so strange. While we're on the topic, Simo, give us your best Vinnie Jones. I don't even know how to do a Vinnie Jones. Um, is Vinnie Jones, is he from England? Yeah, he was an actual professional <laughs> yeah. footballer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the guy that's like, oh, yeah, with the wall, and he won it, innit? He went on, he was in um, oh, like, Lock, oh, Stock oh, and Two Jones. Smoking Barrel. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk to come out here? <laughs> You're buying oh, drugs off me. You're buying guns. I'm Vinnie Jones, innit? Is that a cap in your butt? I'll shoot your dick off, innit? But yeah, just the cover of him squirrel gripping this other bloke. I don't know Vinnie Jones very well. Hey, Vinnie Jones. You son of a bitch. There's 101 better characters. Come on, Casey. Give us your Vinnie Jones. No. The the entire listener base of the the, uh, Discerning Gamer podcast wants to hear. I don't even even know who that is. Come on, just give us your best generic, you know. uh, In it. Your best generic English geezer. Come on, you want you want to buy a gun? You want you want me to shoot your dick off? I'm Vinnie Jones. (laughs) Sounds a little bit more like Jason Statham. What are you doing there? I now pronounce you husbands and knife. 
That's it. <laughs> Kratos, it could still happen. Yeah, well, yeah, Kratos. That was that was uh, what we were uh, pitching to uh, Santa Monica as uh, you know the future voice of Kratos going forward. That's it. I'm Kratos, aren't I? <laughs> Atreus, Atreus, come with me. Come with me, Atreus, you geezer. <laughs> you geezer. We're gonna go and impale a couple of guys with my axe. It's a Draugr. It's a Draugr, isn't it? I don't know. How are we going for Tom, JB? Oh, I think we're, we're we, fresh out. We're, we're fresh all out. out. That's all right. I was, was going to... I quickly wanted to just get Simo and Casey's uh, first impressions of a game that I talked about last week was Stanley Parable. And I know you guys went and picked Whoa. it up. So what do we think? Did you enjoy it? Was it Was it good? Was it bad? Was it strange? Was it Stanley Parable, we almost didn't go to. We almost didn't go to sleep. We... I just, just wanted to keep playing. We just wanted it. to keep playing because it's messed up. Did you it's jump down? Really we, cool. we finished it. Did you jump down the infinite hole? We we went so oh. far down the hole. The infinite hole. Just an infinite hole. I've been down many an infinite hole. We went down. The, it just didn't end. The hole it's just the infinite kept hole, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No. It's um. Yeah. It, it. I don't even know how to explain it. Well, that was yeah. some weird so, shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what? That's a that's a weird game I should have talked about, because yeah, it, it's a lot of listening. We didn't, and you're right. The narrator is really engaging to listen to, and yeah. it's creepy and it's weird. And I just we don't. I don't know if I want to keep playing because I don't know if there's an end. Because we kind of had an end that I was happy with, but I was like, that can't be right. We just yeah. started playing it. How can that be the end? So we just keep. Yeah, I don't know. How do you explain a game like that? I find that it's just so, it's such a meta experience. It's constantly commenting on itself and what yeah. you're doing. And I find that to be just incredibly engaging. It's funny because Simon likes to follow the, the rules. He like, yeah. you know, the narrator says, go through this door, go through this door, do this. And he likes to do it. Whereas I'm just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm going to go the other way because he said not to go that way. I'm definitely going to go the other way. And I could see Simon like, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. That's not what he's saying. But there's this one bit as well when, you know, the narration changes to a female narrator and it gets to this really hectic point where she's like, turn off your PlayStation. It's turn, it like, turn it off and you're going to die. And I was like, should we turn it off? It's like, like, no, don't turn off the PlayStation. I don't know. It might do something. It might be just do something within the game. It's just all these possibilities that are available that you kind of just want to see what happens if turn you do it. Turn off your PlayStation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. And I think it's probably uh, out of recent times, it's one of the games that has been recommended or that, you know, someone has brought up that when you brought it up last week, Ferg, I was instantly like i want to play that yeah. and i've not been disappointed i think it's a really really cool game well you heard it here first on the discerning gamer podcast the stanley parable is Love too to hot handle. to handle <laughs> and that's about all the time we've got for this week on the discerning gamer i would like to thank my amazing dg crew co-hosts uh fergus fergamon hamilton thank you very much, Ferg. Thank you, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joel. Th- thank you. And remember, whenever you smell a flower, make sure it's one that has a good scent that comes out of it. <laughs> I'll remember that, Simo. And thank you for 
your contributions, our last but not least co-host, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, everyone. And if you want to get in touch with us, we are Descending Gamer Podcast on Instagram, The Descending Gamer on Facebook, Descending Gamer Podcast on Twitch, Descending Pod on Twitter, and if you want to send us an email, we are Descending Gamer Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please send us an email, leave us a five-star review on whatever you're listening this to this podcast on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the other podcast providers in between. And we will see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.